every week we talk to dozens of SaaS founders and operators about the inner workings of growing a business, from the day-to-day minutiae, to inspiration, to the tough decisions, and the mistakes made along the way. You're listening to the SaaS Open Mic Podcast. My name is Olivia Jarvis. Head over to chartmogul.com for more content like this and easy access to your SaaS metrics in just a few clicks. That's chartmogul.com. This week's guest is Alexa Grable, the co-founder and CEO of Pocus, the solution for sales teams at product-led companies. Before founding Pocus, Alexa led sales strategy and operations at Dataminer, where she first discovered the problem that Pocus is now tackling and built an internal solution to empower sales teams with data. Alexa has an engineering degree from Vanderbilt University and an MBA from Stanford University. While at Stanford, Alexa founded the 21 Fund, a $2 million seed fund to invest in and advise Stanford startups. Enjoy my chat with Alexa. Hello, Alexa. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi, Olivia. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. I am exceptionally excited about this conversation for a number of different reasons. But before we get into the meat of it, please start with who you are and where you are. Yeah, I'm Alexa. I'm the founder and CEO of Pocus. And Pocus is a solution for sales teams at product-led growth companies. Right now, I'm actually in Philadelphia, but normally in San Francisco. Awesome. Cool. So the reason I'm excited about this conversation is we've had a couple of product-led growth conversations on the podcast. This is obviously a super hot topic, but it's no secret to anyone that I am a salesperson at heart. And today we are going to be talking about product-led sales. So I'm pleased to have you here. And I'm happy that you're the individual that's going to be speaking about this because you are a subject matter expert. And I am interested to kind of just talk more about the product-led movement. I think that it's an important movement that's happening. It's very obvious that we are in a new age of buyers. It's a very sophisticated product era, and we have different types of technical buyers on our hands. So the product-led movement is poignant. People are asking about it all the time. And when I speak to founders, the first thing they say, say to me is, I'm building a product-led business, and I don't need a sales team. And I think that that is a large misconception. Can we start there? Can we talk about why there is a myth of no sales and product-led growth? I love it. My favorite place to start. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah, so I think this myth started a few years ago where these super successful PLG or product-led growth companies would come out and say, wow, we have this all-star product. It sells itself. We just you know, make it self-serve. They might friends, it goes viral within the company. Um, And so boom, you don't ever need a human. And what happened was that wasn't exactly true. There were a lot of sales reps at these companies, although their names were a bit hidden. So they might have been called sales assist or product specialist or customer engagement, as well as just the traditional sales teams at these PLG companies. But people were acting like they didn't exist, even though it ended up being up to 50% of headcount. Big PLG companies that are public right now, so you can think Slack, Atlassian, Dropbox, MongoDB, they have huge sales teams. Um, And so people have started to come around and be like, all right, should we just admit it? Should we just admit it that these product-led growth companies, they have a self-serve product, but the product can't do all the talking. We also need some salespeople. And this, this goes into the reason of, you know, Why do they exist if the product can sell itself? And I'm sure we'll dive into this more later on, but people want to talk to humans. So if you're using, for example, Calendly, which is a product-led growth company, 
and you're saying, I self-serve on the product, this is great. Now I want to onboard a thousand other members of my team. We're not going to figure that out on your own. You want to talk to a human on the other end. And so we can get into all the reasons on why sales at PLG is so important. But I think now is the time where we're finally breaking this myth that sales doesn't exist exist in PLG. I think that you raise a really good point. The freemium model or the free product or the like easy to access product is the biggest kind of veil that companies hide their sales team behind because it feels very, very user-friendly. I can jump in, I can use it. But to your point, if you want to scale or if you want to scale a product-led business, you have to at some point move those free people up market. So let's talk about what product-led sales is. Can you help our listeners kind of understand what this model is all about? Yeah, for sure. So let's actually start with what it's not. So everyone's pretty familiar with traditional enterprise SaaS sales, the top-down model where you start by, you know, cold calling an account, doing some account-based marketing, trying to reach that great decision maker, maybe a CIO, maybe even whining and dining him or her. And you try to figure out, you know, what are the use cases we can sell into at this account and doing a lot of discovery and trying to figure out who those end users be, sell the deal, and then you, you know, deploy to all the end users. Product-led sales is the exact opposite. You start with those end users You roll it up and work your way up into selling to teams or divisions or departments to eventually an enterprise-wide license. And so the definition that we have quite focused coined is product-led sales is an end-user-focused sales model that leverages self-serve users as the primary funnel for the sales motion. So what that really means is that product-led growth companies, you already have this great funnel of leads. And that's coming from your self-serve business. So you already have qualified leads of users that love your product. They're using your product. Why not go tap into that? And that's where product-led sales becomes so special. You can be way more user-centric and data-driven, so more effective and efficient with how you reach out to your potential customers. And you're also talking to customers that have a very high propensity to buy. Instead of just throwing pasta wall and seeing what sticks with the enterprise sales days, now you have so much more data at your fingertips. You can actually reach out to those users at the right time that have really high likelihood of buying your product. Mm, Very, very cool. We are um, aligned in our love of data. I think that if you (laughs) come back to your user data and you segment your user data, user data, there's so much gold that exists in being able to make decisions about when to turn left or if you should turn right. Let's talk about this because if you are a business that has a self-serve model, it's working, there's traction, perhaps you have minimal revenue coming in through this self-serve model, maybe not even minimal, maybe you have quite a bit of revenue coming in. This sounds like a win. How do you look at your self-serve model and know if it's working or working enough to decide to add a sales team? Yeah, really good question. So another way to think about this is, okay, you have this self-serve model. Some people also are going from sales-led to product-led. So maybe you have a sales-led model. How do you know that adding a product-led sales motion is the right move and how do you track it? Um, And it's definitely not going to be one day just turn on the product-led sales motion and it works. (laughs) It's not only just a data shift, it's a cultural change, it's a new sales playbook, it's all of that. And so what you're really looking for is repeatable trends of when this happens, I know why will happen. So whenever a user signs up for a product that has 
X feature or has X like customer fit profile and has done these things in the product, we are fairly confident that the customer will pay more or accelerate speed to purchase or all of these great metrics that we want to track. So what I typically recommend to make sure that you're realizing all these benefits is doing some A-B testing. So look at your self-serve model and compare that to adding a product-led sales motion. And between the two, make sure that the product-led sales motion is increasing whatever those metrics are important for you. That could be increasing the velocity at which you go from PQL or product qualified lead to close one or accelerating ARR or decreasing CAC or improving the customer experience, whatever that is, you should be always measuring kind of the base option as self-serve model and then the new model of product-led sales and comparing the two. If you're going from sales-led to product-led, which is also a new thing we're seeing a lot, you can do the same A-B testing. Just compare your sales-led motion with your product-led sales motion and see if the product-led sales motion is more effective in terms of speed, ARR, cost, all of that good stuff. I think these are all kind of really good data points. And a lot of people ask us, because we specialize in a variety of these metrics, what to look for, what metric to look at. And I think that there is a really good point that you're making there in A-B testing, right? How is your velocity of ARR growth comparing from somebody that came in and, and never spoke to someone in my position versus someone who did? And are we seeing an uptick in our in our revenue with people that are talking to someone who is perhaps leading them. Can we go back a step just for a quick second? I want to talk about the concept of product qualified lead because we kind of glazed over that. I think that MQL, marketing qualified lead, makes sense to people. SQL, sales qualified lead, makes sense. Can you just define product qualified lead for people that are unaware of what it is? Yeah, so a product qualified lead is a lead that has already experienced value out of your product from actually using it. So whether that's in the self-serve model or free trial or freemium go-to-market, uh, the user has actually used the product, experienced value, might have even, um, you know, recommended others use the product. Whereas a marketing qualified lead is more on the marketing side where it's, okay, have they attended this webinar? Did they go to the pricing page? Did they interface with this marketing campaign, whatever it be? Product qualified leads tend to be way more effective because the most effective metric you can look at because it is actually going after users that have proven to already enjoy using your product. So they're further down in the sales funnel, right? So if we're thinking about marketing qualified there at the top, sales qualified might be those people that have come on board and perhaps filled out a form and showed some interest in a demo. Product qualified is like signed up and done something. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, that that is definitely one way of thinking about it. I think it differs per each company. Like there are some companies that are saying, you know, PQLs uh, can happen before anything. If we just get, you know, the product to the right people, imagine you are a, we can use Calendly for an example. You might not hear of Calendly for the first time because of a marketing campaign. You might hear it because your peer is using it and invites you to use it. So then you would skip all the marketing qualified leads or the sales qualified leads leads and go straight to the product qualified. Cool. Cool. This is very interesting. Okay. So you're a founder. You've decided now to, okay, I'm going to go for product led sales. Amazing. Perhaps you've hired a sales leader that's going to kind of run this. How do you then go from thinking this through to supercharging, so to speak, your sales team to ensure that they are running with a product led movement? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. So I can think about supercharging your sales teams with two different data points. So let's think about both set data sets separately. So the first data set is all around customer firmographic data. So industry, geography, company size, role, this is all of the customer fit information you probably are already looking at in your CRM like Salesforce to really understand, okay, does this customer fit into our ICP? But then there's a second data set, which is all around product usage. And this gets into the, the information about PQLs that we were just chatting about. And this typically lives in a data warehouse. And so this, I actually like to think about in three different subcategories. The product usage data that can supercharge sales teams. First, usage. So just basic. What is the total daily active number of users, the total signups, the number of logins, uh, the total time spent in the app per day? And there's also virality. How many invites did this person send? What teams are signing up for this product? And then velocity. What's the speed that users are adopting the product? Is it one per day or one per year? And so there's these two different data sets, customer firmographic data, typically in the CRM, product usage data, typically in a data warehouse. But where the real magic happens is when you combine the two. And so when you combine the two, you can really figure out which accounts and which teams and which departments and which users will most likely convert from free to paid, paid to enterprise, et cetera. And a silly example could be, okay, customer, maybe Apple. 10 different people signed up for your product for Figma. Let's use Figma as an example. All right, that's great. 10 people from Apple are using Figma. That's so exciting. But are those 10 people 10 interns or are they 10 members of the executive? Because that tells a very different story. And so that shows that you need that overlap between customer fit and product usage to tell the whole story to really supercharge your sales teams so they're pointed at the right direction to focus on the right deals that will likely close. Cool. Does this kind of tie in, and, and you can tell me if I'm totally off base, but, you know, companies think a lot about, you know, lead scoring or, or giving inbound a certain amount of attention if they look a certain way. Are these kind of coinciding, these these concepts of at least like, again, pointing your salespeople in the right direction? Exactly. Yeah. So lead scoring, I mean... Every company does it a little differently. So some people have MQLs and PQLs actually in one score. Some people think about it separately. Some people only prioritize PQLs. I actually like to think about it instead of lead scoring. I like to think about it as lead prioritization. I think scores sometimes can be a little silly if you don't know the difference between a 97 and an 80. And it gives a little bit of the black box view of what the hell is actually going what is going on in uh, our leads in our pipeline. So what I like to think about it is, okay, let's use all this data on prices and customer contacts. So these leads to remain and self-serve, which should go and be funneled to the sales assist team. And where should there be a really strong sales led motion? Let's prioritize and sort and route these leads into each of those buckets based on that customer firmographic and product usage data. I totally asked you a leading question because you said exactly what I wanted you to say. <laughs> I, I think Love prioritization it. is really, really fantastic. And it's something that, I mean, when I educate people on their data, one of the first things I say to people is what other data points can you tie in, right? Can you tie in product data? Can you tie in additional firmographic data so that you can actually kind of 
redirect and, and prioritize. Um, and I think that we've moved from scoring to prioritizing as our users have also kind of changed or as our buyers have changed, which I think is really cool. Tell us how Pocus comes in. Tell us more about your company and what you guys are doing in this world. Yeah. So it's really just what we talked about. It's so perfect, perfect uh, segue into this. So what we do is we ingest data from those two different data sets we're just talking about. So we want to understand full 360 view of who the customer is from customer firmographic, customer fit information, and product usage data. And then we segment the data into those three buckets of, okay, which of these users just need to remain in self-serve? Either they're they're too small, they're never going to spend a lot, or they're gonna they're going to spend the same amount of money whether you self serve them or you add an expensive sales rep. So let's leave them there. You have a bucket of leads that need to be nurtured, whether that's in uh, you know customized marketing campaigns or in app experiences or putting a support team there to make sure all the users realize value out of the product. And then we also support sales teams, which we prioritize leads for them to say you know this, these are your PQLs. And here's all the information you need to know about those PQLs from who to reach out to, when to reach out to them, how to reach out to them. Um, every insight you need to know around customer fit and product usage data, who equips sales teams with the information they need to go from self-serve to paid. So all in all, Pocus is building the operating system for product-led sales. So how can we you know, build the engine for you as sales leaders and sales teams not have to be you know, scrambling through through different pools and data sets, we bring it all together to give you the view of what sales teams need to do their job well. Are you working with companies that are early in this journey? Or are you looking at more sophisticated companies that have some of these data points like firmographic and, and um, product-based data points? Yeah, right now, looking at, at both, we've been kind of, there's definitely opportunities for this in all different ranges of and company sizes. Bigger companies actually have built this out internally. So companies like Asana, even Monday.com, Black, they have pretty robust internal models that can do this. But what we found, if you don't have a 50-person team from data and biz ops and sales ops to actually create this and scale it and maintain it, it's really hard. So that's been our sweet spot right now. How do we focus on those companies who have tons of inbound self-serve users? They have a sales teams, but their sales teams are not as effective as they could be because they're not using the data to the best of their ability. Cool. Very, very interesting. There's probably some ways that you can start to see if product-led sales is working. I mean, if we had this right, we'd probably be able to tell a couple of things. Help me understand how a business would understand if they're realizing the benefits of product-led sales. Yeah. So so this is similar to what I touched on before. Um, it's definitely not a just plug and play. You decide one day you want to be product-led sales and go. It's, it's a change of data stack. It's new technologies. It's a new sales playbook. It's a new cultural change and shift. So how you need to re- uh, realize the benefits is you have to track it and measure it. So you want to make sure that there is re- there are repeatable trends in your conversion. So every time that you reach out to X customer, Y happens. So every time you reach out to a customer that fits this customer profile, they have done this thing in the product, you have high confidence that they will convert or they will invite their friends to join the product or colleagues. 
And so what you should be tracking is, you know, the metrics that are important to your business. So if your North Star is we really want to look at MRR, or we want to look at the speed at which you go from PQL to close one, or we are looking at CAC, or we are looking at customer experience, you should be measuring all of those and A-B testing them. So thinking through, okay, we now have a self-serve model. Let's add our sales team. Let's test the velocity to close or ARR or CAC or customer experience with the self-serve model and the product-led sales model and see, is it working? Are we improving? And, you know, if this is the same for companies that start sales-led and are moving product, you can do the same A-B testing. Start with your sales-led base and then also add on a product-led sales motion and A-B test it and see, you know, is velocity increasing, is ARR accelerated, et cetera, and continue to test and iterate until you can start really seeing the benefits of product-led sales, which I think of as accelerated ARR, lower cost of acquisition, and a better customer experience. Mm, For sure. Are there areas that companies really struggle in getting their product-led sales motion off the ground? Yeah, so this is this is new. Um, it was funny. I was actually just talking to uh, someone who was on the founding team of Asana, and he mentioned, you know, we were making this up as we went, and now it seems like there's a term for it, and people are figuring this out, and it's great. So I think right now it's, it's difficult because not only are we just figuring out the data you need in the tech stack, we're also figuring out what does the sales org look like? What are the roles and responsibilities? How should a sales assist team be compensated different than a, than a traditional sales team? And so there's a lot of open questions, which is also something Focus is focusing on as well. Like, how do we create this new category, this new thing along with So there's, there's a lot of open questions, but there's thankfully a lot of awesome and brilliant folks working on this um, and in the broader product-led sales community to kind of define some of these best practices to make it simpler for more people in the future. Amazing. How do founders dive into the product-led community? Where are they going? Where are they looking? Where are they reading? Where are they talking? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I can't not mention the POCUS community. So we actually started a pretty intimate product-led sales community a few months ago with folks from you know, Notion, Airtable, Slack, uh, you name it, <laughs> to think about these exact problems. So everything from what is my new tech stack when I go from enterprise sales to product-led sales? Hey, like, how do I go from sales to And what are the cultural shifts? And what are the new org charts? And what are my new roles and responsibilities? Who do I look for hiring? So um, I created that community. And we've been doing awesome just ad hoc discussions as well as AMEs with experts in the field, like the who I just mentioned, founder, founding team of Asana. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in learning more, you can definitely request an invite just by emailing me, Alexa at focus.com. Cool. Fantastic. Are there other ways that people can follow you? Where are you talking? Are you yeah. out on Twitter or anywhere else? Yeah. So we started also a blog on all of this stuff. So it's called Pocus Post. You can find it on our website, pocus.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Happy to, you know, engage with anyone who's also nerding out on this topic. I get a lot of energy from learning from the community. So I'd love to speak to anyone. Fantastic. I think that you will probably have, I said this actually in my last product-led conversation, you'll probably have people knocking down your door. But it's true. I mean, this is a hot topic right now in SaaS. 
And I appreciate your knowledge on this. And I'm always happy to talk to another salesperson. And I'm always happy to talk to another female in sales. So thank you so much for your voice to this. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the SaaS Open Mic Podcast, leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, head over to chartmogul.com to try Chartmogul today.